Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Finding Freedom podcast. I'm so excited you're here today, and I cannot wait to dive into God's Word with you. First things first, let me introduce myself. My name is Brooke, and I'm your host. I'm a homeschooling mom of three, military wife, and CEO of the Finding Freedom Co., a company committed to helping you get into God's Word and walk with Him in every aspect of your life. I'm passionate about teaching women how to find freedom in Christ, and this podcast is designed to help you walk away each week with tangible insights straight from Scripture that help you understand and then apply God's Word in your life. Developing a personal relationship with Jesus can feel overwhelming, and I'm here to help you simplify that. So grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and something to take notes with, and let's find freedom in God's Word together. Well, hello and welcome back to the Finding Freedom podcast. So glad you're here today and excited to dive into today's episode. So I want to start off with a question. Have you ever made the statement to a friend, I keep releasing control and surrender, and then I find myself taking back control again? If your answer is yes, then me too, friend. I have said this so many times, and it's still something that I feel like I could say in some scenarios. And I just want to start this episode with something I think we all need to hear. We will never be perfect at surrendering to God's will. I think that that's a stigma that, um, I don't know, I want to say that we place upon ourselves. I think that we have this idea that once you're surrendered to God, you're surrendered to Him forever, and it's just this easy walking path where God just leads you every step of the way, and you never have doubts, and you never have struggles, and you never take back control. And I just want you to know, and from the beginning of this episode, that is a lie. I think that we can aim to be surrendered, but if we are honest, we are still sinful human beings, and surrender to another being greater than us is hard. So you're not alone in that. Um, And total surrender to God, I think it requires complete humility. It requires a heart that is without pride. It requires a heart that recognizes that there is nobody better at running our lives than the one whose ways are higher than our own, as scripture says in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. And the only person I know who has done this is Jesus. So we might not ever be perfect at surrendering to God and letting go of control, but we can get better at it. And that is the heart of today's episode. We can be transformed into his image more and more, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, through the help of the Holy Spirit that God sent down to us to be our helper, to teach us all the things and remind us of everything that our Father has said to us, as it says in John 14.26. But how do we actually surrender to God and let go? I have five tips that I'm going to cover today that will help with this, and I'm going to dive right into tip number one which is to begin identifying areas in your life that you're struggling for control and confess your need to surrender the control to him. So we all struggle for control over something. And sometimes the struggle can be seasonal. It might be something that, you know, is not a recurring thing, but it might be different circumstances. And it just depends on what season of life you're walking through. So for instance, If you're going through a difficult time financially, maybe this is an area of your life that you need to surrender to God in prayer. And maybe you've already done that, but now you're going through another struggle and you need to re-surrender that to God. That is okay. Maybe you're unsure of what the future looks like in a specific area. Maybe um, 
you know, you're struggling in your parenting and you feel like you're not enough and you need to surrender that to him. So there's so many different ways, so many different things that you need to, that we need to surrender to God in and we need to let him have control over, but it's not easy to do. And so I want to point out what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And that's Matthew 16, 24. So it doesn't matter what area of life you're struggling in. Your first step is to deny yourself, to take up your cross, to confess your need for total surrender, and then to hand it over to him. And when you identify and, and then confess your need to surrender control to him, you, it's that's where you humble your heart. That's where you acknowledge his authority and his sovereignty over all of the things. It's not just in thinking, well, God's got this. It's It takes that actual prayer, that actual release and saying, God, I know that I've been trying to do this in my own way. I can't. I need to give this to you and I'm giving it to you right now. Please lead the way and help me. In Jesus' name, amen. And it's such a simple thing, but the the sigh of relief that you'll feel when you pray that prayer and you truly mean it is incomparable. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is surrendering begins with building a personal relationship with God. Now, I know that you all know that I had to go there because I always talk about this, right? So I think you've caught on by now, but my number one goal as a Bible teacher, as a podcast host, as a friend, as a mentor, whatever you want to call me, my number one goal is to get you in the word so that you can get to know him more. We have relationships with everyone we meet from the waitress at the restaurant to our husband. But the difference in those relationships is the time that we spend with those people. So we don't always have a personal relationship with the people that we meet. A personal relationship is going to grow out of spending time with someone, getting to know them, getting to know their likes and their dislikes, their goals, their dreams, etc. So what do I mean? Where am I going with this? The truth is the act of surrender requires trust. We don't fully surrender to somebody that we don't know. And we might let down the gate a little bit. I think that, you know, we can sometimes let strangers in just a little bit, but we have to be honest. We don't ever just unload everything to a total stranger because we don't trust them. We don't know anything about them. So why would we surrender our deepest, darkest things to this random person? And it's the same way with God. If you're not building a personal relationship with him through time in the word and talking to him in prayer, then you're not going to feel comfortable handing things over to him. And you're not going to have a way to trust him because you don't know anything about him. And so we try to maintain control over our lives and we refuse to let God write the story because we trust ourselves more than we trust our creator. And so when you truly learn to surrender to God and let go of control, it starts with building a relationship with him. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6 is one I talk about often on the podcast, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Jeremiah 33 3 is another one I talk about. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Those don't say trust in Brooke, trust in in your pastor, trust in your best friend, trust in your your significant other trust in yourself. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So you cannot, you might not understand the surrender. You might not understand what God's plan will be from it, but you get to trust in him because it says to trust in him. 
And then when you submit to your paths, when you submit to him, he will make your path straight. So when you give him that surrender, when you say, God, I've been trying to do it my way and it ain't working. So I'm going to try your way. That was my testimony. That was what put me in church. That was what helped me to eventually give my life to God is because I hit rock bottom and I didn't know where else to go. What I was doing was obviously not working. And so I called on him. And then guess what? He taught me great and unsearchable things that I didn't know, like Jeremiah 33, three states. And he made my path straight and he aligned me to the things that he had planned for me. But if I had continued to just try to control my life and try to control my circumstances and try to do the things that I was doing the way I wanted to do them, I was lost and it wasn't leading me to anything good. And so when we give that surrender to him, when we finally say, okay, I'm going to get to know you because I want to give my life to you. It takes that that time spent with him to get there. And so that brings me to the next one, um, which is tip number three, renewing your mind in scripture. So surrender gets easier as you grow in your walk with God. And you grow in your walk with God by renewing your mind through the scripture. And so our minds need to be constantly renewed. Instead of being led by the wisdom of the world, we get to allow the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to shape our heart and our mind. And in Romans 12, let me pull it up here. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we conform to the world, we know what the world desires and we have the pain and the suffering and the trials and the heartache and all those things. And that's not to say as a Christian, you don't experience those. But when you experience those as a Christian, it's you get to surrender them to him. And then he gets to show you his will and his way through those trials. We get to see that through Paul in his letters, you see so much suffering, but he continued to persevere in his walk with God because he knew what he was fighting for. He believed in what he was fighting for. And he wanted to declare that to everybody he met. And so when we surrender our lives, when we surrender ourselves to him, it doesn't matter what we face because we know that with him, we're going to be okay. And then Psalm 1 declares a blessing on the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on that law day and night. So the law of the Lord means his instruction, the scriptures. Jesus is the man whose delight was in these scriptures during his life on earth. And you see that all throughout his time. He constantly was going away to be with God. He was constantly quoting scripture. And when the enemy was trying to trick him, he was able to use scripture to tell him, no, you're wrong. This is what God says. And he didn't know those things. I mean, he is God, but we don't know those things unless we are in the word getting to know those things. And so when we, when we look through the scriptures, the old Testament needs to be read in the light of the New Testament and the new needs to be read as prepared for by the old. So we get to find ourselves wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. They lead us in the way that leads to our final rescue. The Old Testament, the New Testament, all of the scriptures will lead us to him, which is going to lead us to our final rescue. He has a rescue plan for each and every one of us. And so when we as Christians are not in the word, when we're not renewing our mind and getting to know him more through scripture, it's like we're, we're hungry, but we're not being fed. And the Christian life is nurtured really by the Bible. And so if you want to be fed as a Christian, you need to be in the word. If you want to know how to surrender, you need to know him. And the way to know him is to be in the scripture. 
Colossians 2, verses 2 through 3, Paul says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all I'm sorry, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So spend time in scripture so that the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God will transform your heart and mind. And as he transforms you into the image of Christ and makes you more and more like him, your desires are going to begin to align with his desires for you too, which will help you to surrender to him more. Because the more like him you become, the more the the easier it gets. I almost said more easier. The easier it gets to give everything to him because you see how he's faithful with the little bit you've given and you continue to give more and more and more. And so it's time to replace the wisdom of the world with the wisdom from the word. And we do that through transforming our mind in scripture so that we know what his will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Tip number four. Tip number four says is living life, setting biblical priorities in a hectic world. That was a mouthful. But basically, we need God for everything. It's honestly amazing how incapable we are of doing anything by ourselves. The sense of dependency on God, it's not different when it comes to needing his help with setting biblical priorities in our life or when it comes to prioritizing something as small as good sleep so that we have the energy to spend time with him or spend time with others. Many people will tell you that your life, to live it a certain way, the world will tell you to live in one way that conforms with society and God will tell you the complete opposite. And so you'll be told that life is all about ensuring tomorrow's security and succeeding so that you don't have to worry about tomorrow, but God has something bigger and greater at work and you can hustle and you can strive as much as you want. But if you are not living out the gospel life where you know that his sacrifices welcome you to peaceful rest in him, then you're missing out on living a life that's full of grace and peace and surrender and freedom. Matthew 6, 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. They don't gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? That scripture has always stood out to me because man, us humans are so stressed out all the time. And I just, I look at animals sometimes and I wonder like, they don't stress. Like my dogs, I have two dogs. They don't ever seem like they're stressed. Like they know they're going to be fed. They know that they're going to be let out to go to the bathroom. They know they're going to get some love today. They don't seem to care. They don't have any worries. And how much more peaceful would our life be if we trusted in that the same way? Now, honestly, I mean, obviously dogs don't have to, you know, get a job and take care of the house and, you know, do all the things that we have to do, raise family. I mean, they do have to raise puppies sometimes, but we're usually helping with that too. But they don't have stress because they just trust that they're going to be taken care of. And we get to live with that as well. We know that if we continue to walk in the path, on the path that he has for us, he will lead us. And so we, as we surrender ourselves, he's going to show up and show off for us. He's going to take care of us and we get to rest in that. And then tip number five is to realize that God is big and people are small. So this is a lesson that's honestly been ongoing in my life. And as much as I wish I could say that I was never shaken by conflict or hurt from feelings of rejection or, you know, just facing hardship, it's not true. When we start to let our thoughts turn to people rather than God, we start to become more concerned 
or about looking stupid or about what their thoughts might be in front of others. And then we start acting sinfully towards God and our fear of people becomes a snare that kind of keeps us from surrendering to him. And so in Matthew 10, before Jesus sent the disciples out, he wanted, he warned them, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Basically don't be people pleasers. Don't look to man for approval. Don't look to man for the okay to do something. Look to the one who can say, yes, you can come into the kingdom of heaven or no, because I didn't know you. So obviously this verse is talking about like fear of physical threats, but he was saying like, even the fear of death shouldn't cause us to fear people. It didn't, it shouldn't cause the disciples to fear people. And it's because when God's given the rightful place in our lives, we're no longer enslaved to other people or to sin, but we're left free to surrender to God and to revere him which means to have a deep respect and awe of him. And we get to do that completely instead of worrying about the thoughts and the opinions of others. And I just want to be totally transparent. I mean, I'm a people pleaser. I'm with you. This verse gives me so much to hold on to because we're not supposed to fear people. We're not supposed to look in deep respect and awe of other people. We're supposed to look at him that way. And so this, this reverence that motive, this, this reverence in this verse is what should motivate us to surrender to God, even to the point of death, as Paul reiterated time and time again in his letters to the churches. You can tell I'm studying Paul in depth in my seminary studies right now, because like, that's just a big part of the New Testament. But anyways, um, but but Paul over and over talked about the gospel, even though he knew he would be ridiculed. He knew he would be beaten. He knew he would be flogged. He knew he would be killed eventually. He didn't care because he said in Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So as Christians, our whole lives are to bring glory to God. And Paul had the assurance of that, that even in his suffering, he was going to accomplish that goal. To live is Christ. He was going to accomplish making Christ known. And then he said in the second part of it, he knew his death would, would bring glory to God. And not only that, it would also be the time when his faith would come to fruition and he would get to be with his savior forever. So that's when he says to die is gain. It's because he knows he gets to go to heaven when he dies. And he longed for that day when death would bring him face to face with Jesus. But he knew that he still had time. He still had work to do. And that's where, what he meant by to live is Christ. He still had work to do for Jesus. And so we get to surrender to his will and his ways and his plan. And it might not always look like what we hoped for or what others expected, but if we're still here, then he has a purpose for us. And the purpose is not worrying about what others will think or about the thing that he's asking you to surrender to. Like he doesn't want you to worry about those things. He wants you to surrender, to just walk in his freedom. And so I hope these tips have been helpful today. I hope they've given you some practical steps that you can take towards surrendering to the Lord. And as I talked about in last week's episode, surrender is not an overnight process. It's a daily decision. And the more that we practice it, the more surrendered we will feel. But gosh, what freedom comes from that. So I hope that this helped you today. I hope that you will maybe go back and listen and take some notes, write down some of the scriptures that I shared and really ask God where you're not surrendering, surrendering your life to him and then surrender it to him and watch what he does. Let him show up and show off. As I said, it's incredible to see. So let's pray. 
God, I thank you for each and every person who's listening to this today. I pray that you would just bless them. I pray that you would speak to their heart and that you would help them to bring to the light what it is that they're holding on to, that they're not giving you control of, God. And I pray that you would just help them to surrender it to you and that you would do what only you can do with that surrender, God. I pray that you would move in miraculous ways and just show them exactly who you are and how great you are. And then let that motivate their faith even more to continue to walk and surrender to what you have planned for their lives, God. I thank you for each and every listener. I thank you for the opportunity to get to share your word with them. I pray that you would be with each and every one of us as the week goes on. We love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it spoke to you in some way. If it did, can you do me a favor? Take a screenshot and share it with someone else, or maybe even on your social media channels. In doing so, you're helping me get God's word out to more women, and I'm so grateful for your help in that. If you have any questions, episode ideas, or just need someone to chat with or pray with you, I would love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram at brookcollins09. I'm praying for you and I hope you have a great week.